Rob Russell offers investment advisory services through Russell Capital Management, LLC. Curve Miller and Andrea Dollar are registered representatives of Russell Private Investment Group, which offers securities through Kalos Capital, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management, Inc. The material presented is not intended to be relied upon as a forecast or investment advice regarding a particular investment, nor is it intended to predict or depict performance of any investment, as past performance is no guarantee of future results. Proper wealth advice should always be based on your unique situation. Welcome to Russell Total Wealth Radio. I'm Andy Dollar, joined today by Curve Miller, my co-host, and we're from Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. We're hearing from listeners that with all of the uncertainty in the world, they're hoarding cash right now, unsure of really where else to put it or what to do with it. The market's high, we know that, and the banks aren't paying anything, so what do you do? If this hits close to home for you, then you'll definitely want to stay with us for the entire show today because Curve and I will be helping you answer the question, how much should I be hoarding in cash right now? And you'll only find it here on Russell Total Wealth Radio. That's exactly right, Andy. And have you ever heard the saying, cash is king? Well, if you have enough available, um, you have options. But having too much cash and you're just going to be losing money every single day guaranteed because it doesn't pay anything. It's like Goldilocks. You know, you, you, your cash holdings need to be just right. And that's what we're going to explore today as we share how much should you be hoarding in cash right now. And you're only going to find it from our retirement planning team here at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. This is going to be a fun topic, Curve. But before we dive in, let's first kick things off by talking about this week's health tip, because you need your health to enjoy your wealth. So this week, I brought uh, three reasons why your workout routine might not be working as well as you'd like it to. And these tips come from a kinesiologist, which big word just means the study of all things fitness and motion, um, named Jeremy Ethier. Um, He's also a fitness trainer, so he knows what he's doing. Um, And so he mentions uh, in this article I was reading that it's, most of us think that, you know, when we spice up our routines, our workouts, that we're getting um, a bigger bang for our buck. And he says we might actually be doing more muscle uh, damage than good um, because we're just working uh, muscles that aren't familiar to us, but he advises to keep our exercise uh, routine consistent, but actually increase our reps or increase our weight. Um, And then maybe even keep a record of the exercise and sets and reps that we're doing uh, to work those muscles. Uh, We'll see more benefit there. He also mentions that uh, distributing the volume of our exercises into more than one session per week. So maybe if we're doing some heavy lifting, doing that a couple of days a week with more reps than just one heavy lift a day. So um, that's another good example of of how to keep your routine on track. You were going to say something, Curve? No, I was just going to say moderation is key. I mean, it's uh, you don't want to overdo anything. And if you could spread it out, even better. Always. And sometimes we can do more harm than good um, if we're working too hard. So consistency, steady increases. And then he also makes says to make sure that we include exercises that are biomechanically different. So kind of sounds contradictory to the first tip that he gave, but he is just saying 
to challenge the muscles at different angles and ranges of motion. So not necessarily doing completely different um, uh, types of workouts, but maybe just doing them a little bit differently to get um, a better benefit from them. He says, by doing so, we'll be able to get more uh, stimulus to our muscles and more gains for the same amount of work. And that goes back to that work smarter, not harder philosophy that we all love. Absolutely. Great advice, Andy. Um, now, if you're just joining us today, Andy and I are sharing, how much should you be hoarding in cash right now? And listen, when it comes to financial security, it's comforting to know that you have that adequate cash reserves, that emergency savings. It's like a security blanket. And you want to make sure you have that adequate cash reserves to tap tap it when you need it. Okay, so But there's also a downside to stockpiling cash. It can drag down your portfolio's returns and cause you to fall behind financially over the long term. Now, if you're like many Americans, you're probably sitting on a larger pile of cash than normal after spending less during the pandemic. And you know, obviously, if you uh, were the recipient of government stimulus checks, you know, that's it, kind of flushed everybody up with, with extra cash. Or maybe you trimmed your stock market exposure during the last year's, you know, bear market, you know, back, you know, 15, 16 months ago when the markets were really reacting to the pandemic. And maybe you never got back in. Okay. Um, the U.S. personal savings rate, and that's the percent of disposable income that people save, uh, was 27.6% March, and that's below the record of 33.7 uh, in April of 2020. But it's nearly four times the pre-pandemic rate of 7.3. So think about that. People were only saving about 7.3% of their disposable income prior to the pandemic. Now it's 27.6. That's crazy. That's Why almost a f that's a four times. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of that savings happened because there wasn't any place to spend the money. Right. right? We weren't going on vacations and trips and things like that, like maybe we would in a normal situation. Exactly. Exactly. And nearly $17 trillion was held in money market funds, bank savings accounts, and small CDs or certificates of deposit in January. That was up 24% from the start of 2020. Uh, economic research firm Moody's uh, estimates that U.S. households had $2.3 trillion in excess savings at the end of the first quarter of this year. This excess savings is on top of what households would have saved if the pandemic had not occur uh, occurred and their savings behavior would have been the same as in 2019. Some investors have ultimately been reluctant to funnel their spare cash into assets such as stocks that have historically delivered bigger returns over time. U.S. investors had an elevated 19% of their portfolios in cash in April, despite an improving economy and rising stock prices. Sure, you know, I think Andy, you and I can both agree that having a rainy day fund can help you survive the financial jams, such as an unexpected car repair, perhaps a job loss. <clears throat> but cash really shouldn't play that big of a role in investment accounts meant to be funding long-term goals, such as retirement. You know, cash becomes a drag and, and because it doesn't pay anything. And that's really the challenge that we face with cash right now. 
Yeah, and that's what we're going to talk about today is why we should have cash and how much cash we should have. And, and those answers to those questions can be a little bit different for each and everybody respectively because our situations look different. But I think the bottom line is cash should have a purpose. So mm-hmm. just for fun curve, I went out to bankrate.com to see what these cash rates might be paying us. And so Mm -hmm. for certificates of deposit, which is oftentimes used as cash vehicles, a one-year CD rate right now pays 0.6%. That's the best in the country. A three-year right now pays 0.6%. And that's actually down from the last time we looked at CD rates. I think the last time we looked curve, a a three-year was paying 0.8 or 0.9. So the surplus of cash is actually uh, hurting us, as you mentioned. Yeah, let's think about that, though. I mean, gosh, you could get a one-year at 0.6 or a three-year at (laughs) 0.6. You know, you take the one-year all day long, right? Absolutely. It doesn't pay any more to lock it up any longer. Exactly, exactly. And so I think we're seeing that. A lot of demand for, again, this liquid, you know, people want this liquid feel to their money. They want to be able to to have dry powder when it's time to <laughs> to go to go into battle, right? It's uh, you know everybody's trying to time this, and I think that's where um, there's mistakes that can take place, is because it's impossible to time the markets. You know, I've been looking for a crystal ball for almost 20 years. I still haven't found one. You know, <laughs> <Same> but <here>. it, <laughs> so you know, but I do know that for a fact that it's a guaranteed loss if you have too much in cash because you're not going to keep up with uh, inflation. And and that's really a concern that we're hearing more and more and more uh, about is rising interest rates. You know, we hear that the Fed is going to start tapering some of the stimulus. You know, we're coming out of this pandemic, you know, vaccines, more and more people are getting vaccinated, even though we're going through a tough time right now with, with Delta variant. You know, but there's, at the end of the day, the, people are going to lose out because there is so much pressure on interest rates to go up. And like you just said, you know, one to three or CDs paying 0.6. I mean, that's not going to keep you up with inflation. So it's a guaranteed loss. Um, so, you, you know, you've got to make sure you, you consider that. Um, so, but I guess one of the questions, you know, I want to, I guess, bring up here is Andy, when is it a good idea to have or to hold extra cash. And we've talked about how you're going to fall behind if you have too much, especially given the interest rate environment we're in. But what are what are what are some good ideas for of why it would make sense to hold cash? So it, it, there will be times in our life where it makes sense to hold extra cash. And sometimes that might be we have a larger expense that we know is coming down the road. Maybe that's some home repairs or remodeling or uh, a new vehicle or something of that nature that we have a defined expense coming or we know there's Mm -hmm. some medical expenses coming down the road. That is certainly a good reason to hold extra cash because it has a defined purpose. Right. We know a defined, pretty much a a defined time, but also it's more that defined purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I just another example I hear is, you know, aside from the short term needs like a car, vacation, you know, insurance deductibles, premium payments, things like that, home repairs. I'm also hearing a lot of, you know, but I, I know a lot of people just keep their their uh, biannual tax um, bills. You know, they keep Absolutely. that kind of separate, you know, because they they know twice a year you're going to have to pay the halves on your taxes on your property. Um, so I, I see that being uh, done as well. And, and I guess one of the important points here is that, you know, if you're like most people that we cross paths with, most of your money is going to be tied up in 401k, 
perhaps your thrift savings plan if you're retired from right pat. Um, you know, so uh, could be IRAs, simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, but these are your retirement accounts. And you, you typically took a deduction up front <clears throat> to put the savings in. And the goal is you saved for the future, which is what you should do. But if you don't have an adequate liquid savings cushion, okay, if you have those unexpected expenses like a car going out, um, you know, a new AC unit for your house, whatever it may be, vacation you want to take with the family, and you have to reach into your IRAs every time, it's an expensive way to fund those, um, to, to fund those things. Okay. So it does make sense to keep money on outside of the IRAs kind of in a liquid savings account so that if you do have those one-offs, you can act very quickly that to get those expenses covered and not have to necessarily, um, you know, throw your tax return into a tailspin and create that domino effect that can lead to higher social security tax, can lead to higher Medicare premiums, all those things. So we know things are going to happen. You should have some cash, but not so much that you start falling behind. That's the point. Yeah, well said. And, you know, Curve, one way our listeners can help themselves out with today's topic is by scheduling a 15-minute call with a fiduciary advisor on our team here at Russell Total Wealth. We can talk through this scenario with you and help you understand how much cash you should have personally. You know, we give a lot of great general advice here on the show, but let's get advice that's tailored to you. So visit us at TotalWealthAdvice.com to schedule 15 minutes with a fiduciary retirement planner here on our team. Great advice, Andy. And on today's show, we're sharing with you how much cash should you be hoarding right now. Coming up here on Russell Total Wealth Radio, don't miss our popular They Say segment where we'll discuss what happens when you have too much money parked in low return assets like cash. Later in the show, we'll expose the hidden thief lurking in your retirement, and that is inflation. I know we touched on that a little bit already. So uh, stay with us. It pays you to keep it tuned right here. I'm Curve Miller, joined with Andy Dollar. You're listening to us on AM 1290, 95.7's Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. This is an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. All right, welcome back to Russell Total Wealth Radio. The financial and investing world can be so puzzling with so many acronyms and terms that just make it too much to understand. So much so that people tend to feel stuck, not knowing where to turn or who to trust. And the good news is it doesn't have to be that way. We're here, Andy and I are here to demystify retirement planning and help you gain the confidence you need to feel comfortable about where you're heading. Case in point, on today's show, we're sharing with you how much should you be hoarding in cash right now. And now it's the time for one of our fan favorite parts of the show, our They Say segment, where we debunk common myths, half-truths, and sometimes bad advice that they say. So Andy, here's one for you this week. They say that cash can play an important role in your portfolio in avoiding losses when the market falls. What say you? Well, this is a question we hear a lot, especially now, Curve. You know, I'm I'm sitting on cash on the sidelines. I'm just waiting for the big move, like you said, or that big correction. But actually having too much of our wealth parked in low-return assets like cash can result in something we call in the industry portfolio drag, which just basically means earning less on your money by playing it too safe than you otherwise could. 
And too much cash is actually bad for your wealth. Mm-hmm. A $10,000 investment, think about this. A $10,000 investment in a three-month treasury bill, which is kind of viewed as a proxy for cash, grew to $21,351 over a 30-year period in December 2020. Huh. In contrast, so the other side of this coin is a $10,000 investment in the S&P 500 stock index, the 500 largest companies in the United States, would have actually grown to $211,000 over that same period of time. That's 10 times, yeah. 10 times. And, and, you know, when we're thinking about the cost of goods going up, we need our money to work as hard for us as we can. So having cash with a purpose, as we mentioned, is Mm -hmm. important. But running to the perceived safety of cash or sitting on the sidelines waiting for the right time to get Mm -hmm. back in the market can actually hurt you more in the short term and in the long term. So too much cash is not necessarily a great thing in your portfolio. Yeah, I mean, cash yields zero. And if, if you have something, if you have an asset that's yielding zero, you're losing that purchasing power. And I mean, gosh, you look at the cost of goods. I mean, just through in the last 12 months through April of this year, um, consumer inflation has risen over 4%. So it's uh, almost a guaranteed 4% loss on the money. So you gotta be very careful. Absolutely, um, and you, we yeah, hear that, the word transitory actually a, a, attached to the inflation term right now a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, if you turn on any uh, major outlet, you hear the word transitory inflation. But the thing about transitory inflation is very seldom do we see those prices go to exactly what they were before that transitory inflation hit. So there's right. always still going to be some inflationary level there. Yeah, you're, that's your spot on, Andy. Um, listen, you have an opportunity to set up a 15-minute strategy session call with a member of our uh, wealth management team here at Russell Total Wealth. Um, you get your questions answered and find out what's working well for others, including answers to this question, how much cash should you have uh, right now? You can uh, visit us at our website, totalwealthadvice.com. Um, there also, we have a retirement kit that you can download for free. And then also, we have a couple of Total Wealth live events that Andy and I will be hosting in the end of October. So we're mentioning them now, obviously, because uh, the end of October will be here before we know it. And uh, you don't want to miss your opportunity to sign up there. So uh, remember, it pays you to keep it tuned right here. Uh, you've been listening to Andy and I on AM 1290, 95.7, Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. This is an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7, WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. All right. Welcome back. I'm Curve Miller, joined with Andy Dollar, and we're from Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. And you've tuned into likely the most important show when it comes to your retirement and financial independence. And that, my friends, is Russell Total Wealth Radio. Listen, the financial and investing world can be so puzzling with so many different acronyms, terms, and options to choose from that just make it too much to absorb. So much so that people tend to feel stuck, not knowing where to turn or who to trust. And if there's one thing that we know, it's that people just want to be heard. They need leadership and guidance. They want a plan that they're comfortable with and that they understand. And that's what we do for our clients uh, here at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. We help people just like you build a plan with the goal of providing you with the freedom to enjoy the best years of your life by removing the worry of running out of money. And most importantly, we make it easy to understand. You know, we don't feel that you need to go get a degree in finance to understand what we're talking about. You know, it should be simple. It should be engaging. 
Um, not something that you, it's, it shouldn't feel like going to the dentist, right? You know, this is something you should you should want to be a part of um, because it has such major implications in your ability to be retired and stay retired. Um, so that's why we do the show on Saturday. We we love our partnership with WHIO. We've had them for over a decade. Um, so we love that. And we also do total wealth live events. We have a couple dates upcoming here at the last week of October, October 26th and October 28th, right around Halloween. Um, yeah, but you'll have an opportunity to see Andy and I live. Um, we, again, October 26th, October 28th, you can go to totalwealthadvice.com. Um, there, um, there's a number of things you could do, such as you can contact us if you'd like to attend those Total Wealth Live events. Um, I would encourage you, even though I know we got eight weeks or so until those events, sign up now though, because our events in July had waiting lists and some people weren't able to attend just based on capacity and size. So, um, sign up now. You have that opportunity on the website, totalwealthadvice.com. You can email us at info at totalwealthadvice.com. Also, if you want to sit down one-on-one with a member of our fiduciary-based wealth management team, you can do that as well um, and set up your 15-minute on-track retirement review by, again, going to our website. Um, look forward to uh, being able to help you. Thanks, Curve. Now, we're hearing from listeners that with all of the uncertainty in the world, they're hoarding cash right now because they just don't know where else to put it. The market's overdue for a crash and the banks aren't paying anything. So what do they do? If you've ever heard the saying, cash is king, you know enough available cash and you have options. But if you have too much cash, you're just losing money every day. And that's a guarantee. Like Goldilocks, you, your cash holdings need to be just right. That's what we're exploring today as Curve and I help you answer the question, how much cash should I be hoarding in cash right now? Now, it's time to expose a really nasty hidden thief lurking in your retirement. This thief is silently taking more and more of your money each year, and if you keep too much in cash, he is really after you. This guy goes by the name of inflation. So, Curve, you know I'm a coffee drinker. Mm-hmm. I love coffee. Yep, Let's talk about the cost. <laughs> it's good stuff, the nectar of the gods. Uh-huh. Let's talk about the price of a cup of coffee. A lot of retirees like to start their day with a cup of coffee. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the price of it over time. So back in 1970, the cost for a cup of coffee was 25 cents. Okay. This is back before all of our fancy coffee shops uh, and uh, gourmet brews showed up. So just a regular old cup of coffee was uh-huh. a quarter. Pretty easy. And I, and I remember it probably came in that little uh, Gloria's machine where you put the, you put your, <laughs> you put your quarter in there and the cup falls out of it and it fills it up with, uh, you know, basically, you know, um, you know, discolored water. It didn't really taste like coffee, but, <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you find a good Gloria coffee machine, but uh, yeah, but I remember just dropping a couple cents in there and you, yeah, out comes your cup of coffee. Absolutely. Good to go. So that was 1970. By 1980, that same cup of coffee was 45 cents. So from okay. 25 cents to 45 cents. That's gotcha. quite a jump in just 10 years. Uh-huh. At, at another 10 years, 1990, that same cup of coffee cost 75 cents. So now we've tripled the cost of a cup of coffee in mm-hmm. just 20 years. Right. 2000, that, cost, that cup of coffee cost us a dollar. Another 10 years in 2010, that cup of coffee was $1.25. And that same cup of coffee in 2019 was $1.59. Now, that's again, if you're not putting any of the, the extra fun stuff in your coffee. 
you can actually go to a, a gourmet coffee shop now, a Starbucks or a kid coffee or something like that, and spend upwards of three to five dollars for a right. cup of coffee. Right. But yeah, that's, you that's did big. nothing different. You just started your morning with the same cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Inflation took the price of that from a quarter to a dollar fifty nine, in just a couple of decades. Yeah, that's well, gosh, the power it, of inflation, right? Yeah, absolutely. Even in the last ten years, it was twenty five percent or twenty seven percent more. You know, and, 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 and of course, you know, there's different, you know, measures of inflation. You know, the consumer price index is obviously the most uh, widely known um, uh, measure of inflation. That's the one that the government references, the CPI. Um, and, the, and it's always based on a basket of goods, okay? Now, the problem is that CPI doesn't include things like food, energy, health care. Coffee. <laughs> Coffee. Right. Yeah, right. So so that's right. the that's the challenge is that, you know, what I don't know what you spend your money on, Andy, but I mean food, energy, and healthcare, I mean, gosh, that's just like that's that's my house. You know, it's so yeah, we're it's a big three at my house too. Yeah. And so and that's where we feel the you know, inflation. We feel it at the pump, we feel it in the grocery store. Okay. And we gotta have a plan for this because you know, and of course, I understand, you know, the government's position on this is, you know, that they say, well, the, the prices change so quickly in those three areas that it's not really, truly a, a measure of inflation. And, and I hear it maybe a different way. I, I hear it is that, you know, we can't afford paying higher interest on our debt. I mean, we have a credit card balance here in this country of twenty eight and a half trillion dollars. Can you imagine what happens if the interest payment on that $28.5 trillion becomes the number one expense of our country? More than education, more than defense? That's the challenge. And, and this is why everybody's so concerned about inflation right now is because they go, look, we can't keep just spending like we're spending. You know, at what point do our creditors say, you know, look, you know, you're not as uh, much of the gold standard as you used to be, you know? Um, we're, we need a little bit more interest if we're going to keep buying your treasuries. Okay. Or what if we have rising interest rates and our economy really can't um, get back into high single digit uh, GDP growth? Okay. You know, it's, that's the challenge that that's called stagflation, which is even worse. But you know, these are the things that are very concerning is that, you know, inflation is here, you know, at what level I think that's debatable. Okay. But we're all feeling it. And any money that we have in cash making zero, we're getting a guaranteed loss on that. And it's because of what we just described here with the, the, you know, the change of a cup of of coffee. The price of a cup of coffee over the last 40 years has gone up dramatically. And so we need to make sure we are prepared. Okay. You know that nagging question that everyone feels, you know, as they're just getting close to retirement. You know, that constant wonder in the back of your mind, do we really have enough? You know, will this pile of money last as long as we need it to? Well, did you know that you actually don't have to wonder about that? Did you know that you can literally test that and have that question definitively answered? And that's what we do at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness. We give people like you those answers and we help you make adjustments now so that you can have a greater confidence and comfort for your retirement. Set up a 15-minute strategy session call with a member of our fiduciary-based wealth management team uh, and retirement planners to get your questions answered. Find out what's working well for others. You can connect with us at TotalWealthAdvice.com. Again, that's TotalWealthAdvice.com. And listen, if you are 
in retirement or nearing retirement, and let's say you work 30 years, you probably put in 2,000 hours of sacrifice and work every year for those 30 years. That's 60,000 hours of time spent away from your family, time spent not vacationing, time spent sacrificing so you can build a nest egg so you have the luxury to be able to retire. 15 minutes out of 60,000 hours of sacrifice is worth it. Okay. Most people spend more time planning a vacation than they do planning for their retirement. Okay. So don't be like them. Okay. Take, take a step to, to sit down with a member of our, our wealth management team and, and get answers to your questions. Yeah, Kervin, because our specialty at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness is helping clients plan for retirement, you can say that over the many years we've been doing this, we've learned a thing or two about how to help you plan for a successful retirement. We can help integrate your investment, retirement, and tax saving plan into one cohesive plan that's designed to help you remain secure and keep your taxes low. That's the secret sauce to getting things right in retirement. With everything going on in the world right now, it's no wonder why people are hoarding cash, more mm-hmm. cash than maybe they normally would. Maybe you're even wondering how much cash should I be hoarding right now? Mm-hmm. So I want to introduce a topic uh, or a different way to kind of think about this, and that's in buckets. Curve, you and I both, when we're talking to clients and prospective clients, we use this bucket philosophy, and that's kind of thinking about our money in different ways. You know, Mm -hmm. I have one bucket that's my emergency fund. That's if everything goes to heck in a handbasket, I need the cash savings ready and available. I can go down to the bank or write a check for those emergency things. So a single recommended uh, single income house should have six to 12 months of those regular expenses set aside in this emergency bucket. For dual income families, three to six months is usually uh, enough to, to satisfy that bucket. Mm-hmm. It, you, go ahead, Curve. No, I was just going to say, you know, this is all about the reason that you want an emergency fund, this bucket number one, is so that you can actually protect your longer term assets. Mm-hmm. I mean, by having it, what it allows you to do is keep your other assets in the crock pot on low. Absolutely. You know, keep getting juicy and good for dinner. I mean, that's the idea is that you don't want to necessarily have to eat the main course before it's ready. And, and that's that's really the, the, the purpose of bucket number one. Yep, is to preserve these other two buckets. And bucket number two is where we keep cash for major expenses or intermediate term goals. So we know these things are coming down the road quickly, like a big ticket purchase, like we talked about a few moments ago, or or college tuition that we know is coming down the road, down payment on a new home, something of that effect. Um, you know, we want to keep that money set aside in bucket two in a higher yield savings account or money market account. Right. And then right, bucket exactly. three is really, really important for our long term, and that's our investments. Bucket one and bucket two have a place to help protect bucket three curve, as you said. Um, We need to make sure that we're not holding too much cash in bucket number three to maximize those long-term returns. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's simple to understand, too. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to think of it as far as short-term, medium-term, and long-term. And as long as you have a plan and you have that kind of 
you know, at least uh, mentally held within your within within your brain to saying, well, look, this money's for this purpose and have a purpose for the money. I think that's very important. So it's time for a quick break, but keep it tuned right here because when we come back, we'll share what goes into the third bucket of your retirement plan. And we'll also share what to expect next week here on Russell Total Wealth Radio. Um, I'm Curve Miller joined with Andy Dollar. You're listening to us on AM 1290, 95.7 Dayton's News and Talk, WHIO. This is an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. You're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. All right, we're back. I'm Curve Miller, joined with Andy Dollar, and you're listening to Russell Total Wealth Radio. And if the uncertainty in the world, the political environment, or the fear of rising taxes has you worried... Don't just sit there. Protect your retirement savings. Set up a 15-minute strategy session call with our team to get your questions answered and find out what's working well for others. You can call us, 937-320-4733, or you can connect with us at TotalWealthAdvice.com. And during today's episode, Curve and I have been sharing the Secure Act 2.0, Seven Ways Your Retirement Plan Will Change. Do you have a habit of misplacing things? Have you ever lost track of an old 401k? Well, the lawmakers behind the SECURE Act 2.0 have an idea on how to make sure you never lose track of your old retirement plans. But the question is, will the government be intruding even more into our personal life if they do this? Now, it can be challenging for employers to locate former workers once they've left. Um, Maybe they've changed their name or their address or you know, maybe their benefits are, are paying from a, a retirement plan, but they've lost touch with the employer. It can also be difficult for workers to locate a former employer if that company has rebranded or merged with another firm. And the longer time goes on and the more changes that happen, the more challenging it is to, be, to find these plans and their participants. To make this easier, the legislation would create a national online lost and found database for retirement plans. So it seems like a good idea in theory, but also could be another government overreach curve. Sure, it could be. It sounds like it. But, you know, again, I see all the time, especially here in, in the Dayton area, <clears throat> you know, people who switch contracting jobs every three years or whatever it might be, you know, they, they leave their plans behind. These plans become orphaned and they forget about them. I see it all the time. So there could be some benefit here, but I, I think that any time it's uh, <laughs> control from the top down, you know, it's just you need to you need to take it upon yourself to, to to keep track of that, keep your finger on the pulse. So if you felt like today's show was a help to you, just imagine what we can accomplish when we get it. Uh, you advice is tailored specifically to you. Now, if you boil it down, our mission at Russell Total Wealth and Wellness is to help you solve the problem of how to make your money last throughout retirement. Set up a 15-minute strategy session call with our team to get your questions answered. You can visit us at TotalWealthAdvice.com to do that. Uh, That's a wrap for today's show. Coming up next time here on Russell Total Wealth Radio, we're hearing from listeners that with all the uncertainty in the world, they're hoarding cash right now, unsure of where else to put it. Uh, If this hits close to home for you, then you definitely want to uh, join us next week because Andy and I will be answering the question, how much should I be hoarding in cash right now? And you're only going to find it here on Russell Total Wealth Radio. See you next week, same time, same place. That's it. Uh, We'll see you next week. I'm Curve Miller, joined with Andy Dollar. You've been listening to us on AM 1290, 95.7, Dayton's News and Talk at WHIO. This is an Ask the Expert weekend on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.